his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's Beam and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome in to another show, BMAS and Beamer on WBEN, and we are taking your comments throughout the day, 803-0930, on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board and on the air. Uh, give us a call today throughout your reaction to the CDC yesterday, their mask-wearing guidelines relaxed uh, throughout the year. Uh, Joe, I want to ask you first, how much were you anticipating the masking guidelines from the CDC, because everyone knew that this was going to happen uh, at some point this week. And by yesterday in the morning, everyone knew, you know, it was going to be yesterday at some point that these new guidelines were going to come out. Before this happened, how much were you on the edge of your seat, so to speak, about the new guidelines from the CDC? Well, I wasn't, Brian, because I, I knew I knew it was going to be something uh, like we saw yesterday, and I think I speak for a lot of people. I, I really think the people that were most excited or most anticipating the CDC guidelines were those in the CDC and maybe those in the federal government. Well, it's it's kind of strange because earlier this month, this is, and I've, I, I might have repeated this quote every uh, show we've had, the director of the CDC on MSNBC said vaccinated people don't carry the virus they don't get sick it's not just clinical trials it's real world data referring to a CDC study suggesting those fully vaccinated with uh, Moderna or Pfizer and other vaccines do not transmit the virus so I was you know looking at that and saying okay well they have this study out there maybe and considering that we've known for over a year that the risk of spreading outdoors even if you're not vaccinated um, is generally very low, that maybe uh, this would be kind of a, a greater step than we have seen from the CDC before. But that's not entirely what we got. Basically, what they said yesterday is that if you're fully vaccinated, feel free to go outside and exercise in a very small group of other yeah. un, uh, vaccinated people without a mask on, w- which I can speak only for myself in this. Just about everybody I know, and there are some exceptions, and we'll hear from some exceptions throughout the show today, just about everybody I know has been doing that throughout the past year. From the pandemic, I mean, I, 
Maybe I remember things wrong. That's very possible. But I could have sworn last summer we were told to get outside, get fresh air, that if you were outside, you didn't need a mask unless you were, you know, at a, at a big event, which there were none last year. I don't remember being told, hey, when you go for a run outside, make sure your mask is on. I, I, and if that was what people were being told... I, didn't, I, I never saw. Now, I saw people walking down the street with a mask on. Yes, I have not seen one person running, exercising outside with the mask on. The whole point of exercising outside was so you didn't need the mask on. Yeah, especially if you're by yourself, right? Now, right. this is another thing where it, it might just be a us uh, and them situation. Because this is the guide. The CDC is the guidance for the United States of America. Yes. Now, think about this. The United States of America. Do you know how big the United States of America is, Joe? 330 million people. Wow. I, I, you, you knew more than I thought you were going <laughs> to answer with that. But think everywhere from Idaho to Atlanta, Georgia, to Yellowstone Park, to New York City, and everything in between is what this guidance is meant for. And, and that is a tough thing to do. And I've kind of you know said all along that the problem, number one, is that we're looking for one figure to provide guidance from everything from the wilderness of Alaska to the streets of New York City and expect it to be fully accurate and apply in all scenarios. I mean, that is the problem of the people who are looking for that because it's impossible to do it. But then the next problem is, you know, actually trying to do exactly that. And I can see where there are people living in a place like New York City, you know, in in downtown Chicago or something like that, in L.A., where maybe this is making a difference on a day-to-day basis. Maybe because you're running into so many people, because you're leaving an apartment building and you're up on the 70th floor of something and you pass 50 people in close right. quarters or in an elevator before you even get to step outside, maybe this is something that's helpful for people who are in that situation. But for the majority of people who live around the country, I think this is just kind of another step where we're seeing positive things. People are getting the vaccine. Over half the people who are eligible in Erie County have gotten the vaccine. And the result of that is, hey, something uh, you've been doing for a long time. Yeah, small outdoor gatherings. Yeah, small and... Outdoors, too. Nothing indoors. If you look at the uh, chart that you shared with me a little bit earlier, Joe, nothing indoors if you're fully vaccinated. Does the CDC say, you know, masks off is appropriate? Yeah. And and, uh, again, I go back to something, Brian, I think we've talked a majority of the time this show's been on the air. And, you know, you guys talked about it this morning, that vaccine hesitancy. I mean, in Erie County, it seems like the most you're getting for your vaccine now is a beer because... If I'm looking at this chart and I'm on the fence about getting a vaccine, what about this chart makes me run to make that appointment? (laughs) Again, the people who want the vaccine, as we said yesterday, have either signed up for it. I mean, I'm sorry, have either gotten it or signed up for it or in the middle of of their two shots. Now you have a a group of people who are hesitant, who are resistant. They're looking at this chart and they're going to say, well, why the hell would I go get this vaccine I literally have to do everything I'm doing now. There's no incentive for the people who are holding out. Well, there is um, a a big difference in opinion. And I think this, again, kind of goes to where you live. I really do think this is more of a city versus, and we're a city, but we're a very different city than, you know, New York City. 
I, I think this is uh, very dependent on your environment. Uh, here's Eva Pilgrim with a, a report on talking to people after this guidance came out. Many across the country relieved to hear the news. <sighs> Feels good. It'll be a lot more comfortable, especially with temperatures warming up, to be outside without a mask. Just a little bit more towards normalcy. It'll be great. Still, some choosing to keep their mask on. I'm fully vaccinated, but I just think it's the right thing to do. Why take a chance? I see, so that last person there, that's uh, Eva Pilgrim with the report uh, of talking about, you know, I'm fully vaccinated, I'm outside, but I'm still going to wear the mask. Why take the chance? And... I, you know, I listen to that and I think there's something else probably going on because you, you took the vaccine that if you took it, I'm assuming you kind of believe that it is, you know, going to prevent you from getting a serious case of COVID, getting COVID maybe, period, or um, spreading it to other people. But you're still going to, you know, do the things that you would do if you weren't vaccinated. I'm interested to know if uh, people out there, if you are that person. Or if you know somebody like that, to give us a call, 803-0930, or send a text into our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Because this is, I mean, this is the feeling I get every time one of these announcements is made. Is It's really ramped up, right? I, I mean, every, everyone is kind of talking about, uh, in the media at least, and then in government, about the CDC, you know, they're the new uh, uh what requirements requirements or guidelines Gui- guidelines yes, yes. is what i really want to say because it's not a requirement it's, not. it's a it's a guideline for how you can use best practices to live safely and there's all this hype and it almost feels like it's people waiting for you know moses to come down from the mountain with the stone tablets and it's here are the new guideline you know the cdc director is coming down with the stone tablets. And it's almost as if Moses yesterday came down with the stone tablets and on it said, hey, feel free to walk around the desert for a little while. And, you know, I I saw yesterday, and this is what was said to me, is that, you know, people are going, you know, hey, Mo, uh, we've been doing that for for a while. Uh, The text I got was LOL was (laughs) the text I got after this happened. And If your goal is, and this is something we've been saying time and time again, I feel like a broken record sometimes, but if the goal is to use these as almost an incentive or a reason why you should look forward to getting vaccinated in addition to protecting yourself from, you know, ever thinking of suffering from a a very severe outcome from COVID, you're going a little too slow Uh, on that front right here because you are too separated from the reality of the situation. Uh, Maybe all the decision makers who are coming up with these guidelines are strictly looking at numbers. They're strictly living in maybe a cramped environment where this is happening or they're only, you know, in their own little world. But out here in the real world where things are are happening on a day-to-day basis, this just it does not have the impact that I think they still to this day think that it has. And realizing that is part of what you need to be doing in that effort to get more people to take the vaccine 
or take things, uh, you know, some of these measures seriously. It just shows you how disconnected those in the government are. And that's that's if you're on the left or the right side of the political thing. But, Brian, you know, speaking of the people who are still like the woman in that in that rap, the, the people who are still wearing their mask, even though they're fully vaccinated. What's your end game then? When does that mask come off? That's what I want to know. People who are still, hey, you got to wear a mask when you're outside. You got to wear a mask if you're vaccinated with a group of vaccinated people. So when does the mask come off? All right, I mean, are you, and maybe you're content to every time you walk into a grocery store, put a mask on. Every time you hang out with your friends, put a mask on. But what is the end of the pandemic? Or do you just not think there's going to be an end to this pandemic? Do you think five years from now, the CDC is still going to tell us uh, season by season when we can wear uh, the mask and when we can actually take the mask off? You know, to illustrate that disconnect, Brian, I wanted to play this from earlier today. Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry, it's from yesterday. President Biden, and I just listen to what he's saying and think if you are one of those people on the fence about getting the vaccine and listen to his pitch to get the vaccine, because as someone who's vaccinated, I'm just guessing what it would be like if I was someone on the fence for the vaccine. This wouldn't sell me. This would sell me even less than the guidelines from the CDC we're talking about. For So for those who haven't gotten their vaccination yet, especially if you're younger or think you don't need it, This is another great reason to go get vaccinated now, now. Yes, the vaccines are about saving your life, but also the lives of the people around you. But they're also about helping you get us get back to closer to normal in our living, more normal living, getting together with friends, going to the park for a picnic without needing to mask up. We're back to that place now as long as you get vaccinated. So go get the shot. It's never been easier. And once you're fully vaccinated, you can go without a mask when you're outside and away from big crowds. That's not getting back to normal. I'm sorry. That's not getting closer to normal. You know what I like doing in the summer when I'm outside? I like going to events where there's big crowds. That's normal. For me, a, a picnic with, with two other people is not normal. That's not why I got vaccinated. I got that's, vaccinated. That's the thing uh, that, pic, that what he is describing. That's the thing that I we've been doing summer. to make up for <laughs> and not having the things you're talking about. You know, like August 14th, I want to go see Luke Bryan in a huge crowd. I want to, you know, there's nothing like a country concert at Darien Lake in the grass seats. I want to experience that. That's the reason I got the vaccine. The reason I got the vaccine wasn't so I still had to follow every guideline. Yes. I understand people around you that aren't vaccinated, you want to protect them. I I get all that. But this is no incentive for those on the fence to go get vaccinated. And I thought that's where the messaging was going. Uh, And this mixed messaging, you're seeing the result of it. Well, I I do suspect that a lot of this, too, is we're kind of talking to you're obviously talking to the wrong crowd. You know, everything you just said. But you're almost tailoring the message to play well on social media and stuff. And I, I kind of think that, you know, too much we're taking our cues from what people are saying on social media, on, you know, on the Internet and online. And I, you know, I have to I hate to break it to people, but what you read about what people are doing on social media, the pictures you see on Instagram, the tweets you see on Twitter, you know, posts on Facebook, that is not necessarily what people are doing day to day in their everyday life. Somebody can say, hey, I am not, 
I will not go out of my uh, house without a mask on. I'm, you know, whatever until the, the CDC says so. And a lot of people are saying that, and a lot of people aren't doing exactly what they're saying. So I, I think we do have to come to a realization of, you know, who we're talking to, who you're trying to talk to, and try to not just talk at those people and assume what they want, but talk to those people right. and figure out what the best way is to move forward. Ryan in Buffalo, you're on WBEN. Yeah, thanks for the thanks for taking my call. You know, I think this is so interesting to me. It's it's actually somewhat infuriating. But think about this. You know, if you go back a year or so, what were we talking about? Oh, you know, Donald Trump was politicizing all of this and all you know, all sorts of good stuff. Isn't it isn't it kind of peculiar that on the 100th day of Joe Biden's uh, administration, one day before he's going to deliver his remarks to to a joint session of Congress, that the CDC suddenly looks at the data and says, oh, we're we're now going to uh, lift some of these restrictions. If that doesn't tell you that this entire thing is political theater, then nothing else will. And, and, And so I think hopefully it's not lost on people that the data, the quote, data and the science that the CDC referenced for why they relaxed these guidelines, they've had this information. This isn't new. And so it's all a matter of political theater, and the timing of this shows you that. And what I would say is we get closer to the midterm elections, you're going to see more of this very, uh, quote, science-driven decisioning being done that's perfectly timed up with uh, uh, political activities. And that just it, it's just disgusting. And the, the one last thing I'd say is this. You know, this notion around lifting outdoor mask requirements and such, like you guys talked about earlier, this is like me saying I have an announcement, you know, and I come out and I tell you that the sun rises in the east. I mean, of course you can be outside without a mask on, and people want to be outside with one on. That's their decision. Lastly, here's what I'd say. This notion, and you played Joe Biden's remarks earlier, if you really listen to what he's saying and you get to the bottom and the root of it, what he's ultimately saying is, hey, until everybody's vaccinated, these restrictions aren't going to lift. Well, guess what? 20 to 30% of this country isn't going to get vaccinated. Well, it, Ryan, you're bringing up some good points there, and uh, we got to let you go for time. But I, I, I kind of – you're mentioning the political aspect of it, and there's a political aspect to everything. At this point, I I really think it's it's more of a misunderstanding. Yeah. I think it's a, a being removed from everyday society um, problem more so than it is – a political uh, problem, you know. I, you can you mentioned the hundred days in office. I, I don't think anybody's thinking of that right now. No. I, you know, the uh, the speech tonight. I the Oscars might get better ratings than the speech tonight. <laughs> you know, more people are talking about the draft tomorrow than uh, they are about oh. Joe Biden's speak. At least in my uh, in my circles. So, I I really do think this is more of a problem of not taking the opportunity to understand the people who you're trying to reach with the message, which is very important if you want the message to stick. Yeah, and again, this has all been about mixed messaging. And again, it's not, like Brian said, it's not politics, it's not left versus right. But Ryan said at the end of his call, Ryan was 100% correct. There's going to be 20% of this country that doesn't get vaccinated. We knew that going in. You're not going to bully him into it. You can give them all the incentive in the world. They're not going to get vaccinated. So when do we realize that the point is people who can't, who wanted to get vaccinated have that opportunity? What is the date 
that everyone that can that wants to get vaccinated will, that we can say, you know the risk. We're, we're seeing texts now, Brian, and we can pick a few of them out uh, of people who aren't going to get the vaccine. Believe me, they've li- heard about COVID. If you've listened to this station for more than five minutes, you've heard about COVID over the last year. You know the risk. Those people have assumed the risk. When do we finally say, you've had your opportunity, we're going to ease and these I, restrictions. I don't, I don't personally think that that time uh, that we're at that yet. Uh, I we're think not there, at that there's time. Still, no. There's still, you know, uh, people have still had trouble making their appointments. I think there's still an issue with access, even though a lot of people would say it's easy, and especially in the last week, it's easy to go in and get that vaccination if you want it. There's still a lot of people who aren't going online to do this. They don't want to drive out to one of these centers. Right. They don't. The access is still a key. And I don't, and this is a big part of this uh, discussion, I don't think you've made the effort. You said uh, that you believe pretty much everyone's decision has been made by now. I don't think we've made the right effort to really inform people about this decision because politicians standing behind podiums Telling you to do something is not the same as giving you the information from somebody that you trust, like a primary care physician, right. like we heard from Dr. Russo earlier, that will have a greater impact on the way you think. Because guess what? If you don't like Governor Cuomo and he's telling you to go out there and get the vaccine, and by the way, if you look at the map of the electorate every time the governor's race comes up, a lot of people in the western New York region and outside of the city of Buffalo and New York City are not pulling for Governor Cuomo. When he tells you go out and do it, your natural reaction isn't going to be, well, I better listen to this guy. I really like him a lot. Uh, no, that's not what your natural reaction is going to be. You have to understand that and find a better way to get that message across, and I don't think we're quite there yet. No, and, and maybe I misspoke. I, I I think there will be a percentage of the country that doesn't get vaccinated, no matter what you do. No matter what the incentive is, they're, they're not going to get vaccinated, and you, you have to factor that number in. And do I believe we're at that point? No, but we were told by the end of July that everyone that wants a vaccine can get one. So I count two weeks after that. Why by mid-August are we still talking about restrictions? And I think a better incentive, instead of these masking charts, instead of what you can and can't do, is give people a date. Give people a date. Give people a number. Something to work towards. Right. Um, If you're on hold with us, uh, stay on. We'll get to your uh, calls and comments, 803-0930. To call in or give us a text in when we come back uh, at some point in the next half hour, we'll be speaking with uh, Dr. Amesh Adalja of Johns Hopkins University on what he thinks of yesterday's announcement. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right. Um, we are back here, Beamaz and Beamer. And, you know, Joe during the break brought up. Something that I I was kind of thinking of this yesterday because I go on the state website and on their vaccine page just to look at some of the numbers and have been over the past couple of days because I I want to track how much better, um, you know, Erie County is doing than the state average because we're so uh, bad and we don't take it seriously, (laughs) yet we're getting vaccines at a higher rate. Um, But no, I, I, I saw that and one of the banners that they put across the state website is for that Excelsior Pass, right? And that's the vaccine passport idea that the governor had that really is not, uh, I don't think it's used for anything. um, Not yet. yet, Except for 
uh, getting into Yankee Stadium. I think that might be the only stadium where, I mean, I know at the arena here, your vaccine proof is just your card. Yeah, I think uh, City Field is just your card. Yeah, the uh, vaccine pass hasn't really – but it says Excelsior Pass to fast-track reopening of businesses. There it is. And where is that happening? <laughs> like right. that's, uh, and, and so that kind of goes to your point is uh, you were saying that you thought it would be a good idea – for uh, people who are vaccinated right now, and this like goes back to what the CDC said yesterday, it would have been nice if they provided guidance that would make people comfortable with making these rules of, let's say, hey, you gyms are open right now. Soon they'll be open at 50% capacity. I'm not sure if we'll see that much of a difference, uh, you know, day to day inside <laughs> the gym compared to where they are now. But you have to wear a mask inside uh, the gym right now. And it stinks. I mean, it does. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world. I'll do it. I, you know, I, I don't want any gym to get in trouble. It's whatever. Uh, we put it on. It seems like where I go, every single person complies, and it's not that much of an issue. But when you're breathing heavy, it's, you know, it, it kind of stinks breathing in your own snot and sweat yeah. uh, every once in a while. But you had this idea that, well, why, if you have a gym with multiple locations, could you make one a vaccinated only gym where you don't have to wear the mask i think that would be a great idea obviously you know the state would have to approve it but uh, I, I go to the catalyst across the street shout out catalyst and they have another location a mile down the road why can't one of those be for vaccinated people and again we're talking fully vaccinated i'd have to wait six more days before i could go to that gym <laughs> but i think that would be if they started seeing and not just the gym but if you started seeing things like this pop up wegmans is another great example why not have a vaccinated-only Wegmans? I think stuff like that, if businesses had those uh, those options out there, there's your incentive. Because like you said, people who didn't vote for Andrew Cuomo aren't going to hear Andrew Cuomo say, go get the vaccine and go, yeah, I'm gonna, I got to go online and sign up for the vaccine. But if they see these opportunities uh, popping up for people who have been vaccinated to live a normal life, there's your incentive. And, and I think that, is right in what you're saying in that, hey, well, I can go to this gym, not wear the mask if I have the vaccine. Well, you know, maybe I will go around the corner and get the vaccine. I think a lot of people still are of the mindset of uh, we talk about hesitancy. I think a lot of people really just don't care either way, and they haven't gotten True. it yet. And I know it's hard for people uh, who, especially if you're listening to this station, if you're paying attention to the news on Twitter all the time, if you're you know so involved in COVID every single day, it's hard for you to imagine that there are people out there who don't care either way. But that's most of people. Remember, right. you know, most people aren't voting in our elections. Most people aren't glued to their phones looking at the news every day. Most people are living their lives, right? And, and uh, you do have a big population that doesn't care. And that is something that would take those people who say, well, I don't really care. And say, well, well since I don't care, yeah, sure. Give me the uh, uh, COVID vaccine and now I can go to the gym. And that is what this pass was supposed to be for if I'm but it's not being used like that at all we have an excelsior pass to fast track the reopening of business and it's not being used to fast track the reopening of business instead it's being talked about as if hey six months from now right we might be able to use this pass anyways uh <laughs> joining us on the line is uh, Dr. Amesha Dalja from Johns Hopkins University who has been uh, at the forefront of looking at all different aspects of COVID and the response to it. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for coming on with us once more. We have been talking about the CDC guidelines and, you know, coming from 
a 31-year-old right now. Uh, I think both of us. Uh, no, no, you're 32. 32. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sucks to be you. All right. Um, 31-year-old and a 32-year-old. Uh, the CDC came out with these guidelines yesterday. And we're looking at this and saying, I don't – what changed here? You know, you're telling me I can do things when I'm fully vaccinated that I've been doing for basically the entire – year in the past and i'm wondering what your reaction was when you saw the guidelines from the cdc yesterday i thought that they were a welcome change from what we had before and it shows that the cdc is willing to take very cautious baby steps but again just as you said the cdc guidance is lagging people have already been doing this irrespective of vaccination status since the beginning of the pandemic doing activities outdoors outdoor dining even indoor dining that that's what people are doing. I guess what they're trying to say now is it's safer to do it. And they're kind of showing people what the future looks like. But for me, I think the CDC should be more proactive and not reactive, not lag what people are doing, but be ahead of what people are doing to show people the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel when we're a much more vaccinated country. And, and I think that that's something that we've all we've seen with the CDC travel guidance. We've seen with the other guidance on what vaccinated people can do that it's it's much more conservative or cautious than what I tell people as an infectious disease doctor or what I do in my own life. And I think we want to start showing people what how a vaccine improves their individual life. And I think these baby steps are at least in the right direction, but they are not uh, they're not bold enough. They're not, uh, I think, enough for people, especially that group of people who are kind of on the fence trying to decide whether or not to get a vaccine or, or just putting it off or procrastinating to actually push them forward and get us vac- get, get themselves vaccinated. We spoke with two infectious disease doctors earlier uh, in the show, and they said maybe one of the reasons why this doesn't go further is because there's not the, the data to uh, back it up just yet, to say with 100% certainty that, you know, you can't uh, spread COVID or it's not a risk to be inside, you know, in a group of people or something like that if you're vaccinated without a mask. But uh, is there, there might not be 100% certainty about things, but there has to be kind of a, a general feeling that this is going to eventually be proven definitively in a study. And we can tell people that, this is what you can expect to happen in the next couple of months, or, or is there not? There definitely is accumulating evidence. We've seen studies of healthcare workers who are swabbing themselves post-vaccine to see if they even can get asymptomatically infected. We have real-world data from, a country, from countries like Israel where cases precipitously declined as the population reached around 40% of, uh, 40% full immunization. So I think we do know that this is going to happen, and it's something, you know, I think if we want to show that we have confidence in our vaccines, I think we have to be a little bit more lenient on what we say is safe for vaccinated people to do. Yes, there are small risks that breakthrough infections can occur, but those breakthrough infections happen in it's like 0.0007% of people. And a serious breakthrough infection is even lower, like 0.0003%. So these are vaccines that I have complete confidence in, uh, that, that I was able to go back to my ordinary life at post post being full vaccinated and i think that's what we want the cdc to say we want to say this is this is your ticket back to your to your old life now two weeks after your after your uh, your second dose of the pfizer and moderna or two weeks after your johnson and johnson dose but i think that they're going to be cautious i think they got burned a lot during the prior administration when they were seen as a political arm of the of the trump administration where people didn't trust their guidance because uh because it was coming from a different administration and that administration had been denying much of the science behind COVID and evading a lot of the 
a lot of the implications of this virus. So I think that the CDC is probably, you know, getting its footing back. They're taking these baby steps. Hopefully they will get bolder as they get more confident with the data. I think they're still trying to just get more people vaccinated and get the number of cases down. Uh, the, the, the seven-day average is dropping in the United States, but we still have tens of thousands of cases. And I think that's probably more, more what they're worried about rather than, uh, rather than actual kind of the, the politics of it. They're trying to figure out exactly what level of cases can they say it's okay now. This, this virus has sufficiently been tamed that we don't have to worry about any kind of public health emergency anymore. Dutch, I want to know from your stand, from your view, um, you know, you see people, the hesitancy rate, and it seems like the hesitancy, hesitancy rate is going down in this country. Uh, but, you know, you talked about the political messaging and the virus being politicized. So in your opinion, who should be out there telling people to go get the vaccine? Obviously, if you are a Republican and you see Andrew Cuomo telling you to get the vaccine, that's not really going to get you to get the vaccine. Do, do you think there's a better way to get the message to those who are on the fence? And I don't think the CDC guidance is the start, obviously. Uh, is there a better way to get those who are on the fence to say, you know, let's get through the politics and go get this vaccine? What I think is that people trust their friends, their neighbors, their personal primary care physicians the most. And, and I think that's probably where we're going to get the benefit. I think, you know, seeing Magic Johnson getting a vaccine or seeing uh, President Bush get a vaccine or President Obama getting a vaccine, that helps some people. And I think it's good to do that. But I think for those hesitant people, when they see celebrities or public figures doing it, it probably doesn't push them as much as when, when their primary care doctor says, you need to get this vaccine. Uh, we know that from other health health uh, interventions. When a primary care doctor says you need to stop smoking, it has a very high, it, it, it's one of the most uh, influential uh, statements that, is, that can be made to a smoker. So I think we really need to get everybody involved. It has to be considered a norm that this is something you want to do. You want to get vaccinated. Just like you say, ask people, did you vote? To, did you vote? You have to say, did you get vaccinated? I think it really just has to be something that we think of as, as something that we nudge everybody that we know. And I, and I try to do that. I, I make appointments for people. I bug them. I, I nag them. That, that I think is, that's where I've seen success. Uh, not necessarily seeing a celebrity get vaccinated, but I think that's going to be part of what ha has to happen too. You know, we talked about right before we brought you on this idea of having uh, certain places designated for those who have been vaccinated. Uh, would that be something if you had to show some kind of pass uh, that you would feel safe as a doctor, uh, allowing people to be maskless inside if it was something that you needed to be vaccinated for? Yes, I think that that's something we sh should start to do more of. I know that there are some sporting arenas uh, in this country that are starting to have vaccinated only sections. I know people are having vaccinated only parties. All of that, I think, is is important. In, in Israel, they have a green pass where people can go into clubs and other things where there's not as much uh, social distancing required. I know that you have something similar in New York State, but it's not well, well implemented yet. That that needs to be something that that businesses do that that public health agencies encourage. Say, you know, we're not going to have the same restrictions on vaccinated people because the virus treats a vaccinated person very differently. So we're going to treat a vaccinated person very differently. On the other hand, you have, you know, we can uh, point to uh, Texas, right? The Rangers had 40,000 people there for opening day, and we heard from every, including the president, who said how, you know, irresponsible that was. And you hear from everybody online, oh, just wait two weeks. Well, you know, it's been almost a month since that game was played, and their numbers continue to look uh, one way. There was no vaccine requirement. So there was a mask requirement. I don't know how well that was followed in the stadium itself. I should we be looking at more of these real world examples uh, and you know when more people kind of see this 
uh, that itch uh, kind of grows and grows. I mean, should we be able to look at something like that and say, okay, the impact might be minimal um, and, and the impact to having a happy life, which I think is a pretty important thing, might be pretty great. I, I definitely think we have to look at examples like that. It's sometimes hard, though, because each state has a different percentage of the population that's been infected. And we know that Texas has much higher population level immunity from surges that they had in the past. So Texas and Florida can get away with a lot more because so many of their spreaders, younger people who are out there taking risks, got infected. So there's, they, they, they are able to weather this a lot better than a state where maybe only you know 8% of the population has natural immunity and they're you know, in some proportion of vaccine. So it's really, it, I think Texas and Florida did a lot better than most people would have expected. And I think it has to do with who got infected when and how much lo- levels of population immunity were in place and how many activities can be done outdoor, outdoor settings where we have less transmission. But yes, I do think that we have to realize that not everything, even though I'm an infectious disease doctor, almost exclusively focused on COVID, that, that there's more to life than COVID. And we have to think about the overall well-being of, of the population and people. And people are going to take risks. People are going to be willing to take risks for values that they think are important to pursue. And I think we, we, we neglected that a lo- for a lot of this pandemic and really took an abstinence-only approach. And that backfires just like any abstinence-only approach backfires when you're talking about HIV or opioid use disorder or sexually transmitted infections. I think we needed to do harm reduction from the very beginning, give people tools to make better choices and, and, and tell them how to, t- how, to, how to decrease the risk, but knowing that the risk isn't going to get to zero. And I think we were, we were slow with testing and home tests, all of that is the government's fault as well as we no state government hired enough contact tracers all of that made the pandemic worse and i think engendered people towards this kind of abstinence only approach when we really should have been doing uh doing harm reduction from the beginning you mentioned uh the amount of people in texas and florida who had been uh, infected that immunity that grew from that um what would you say say there's someone who hasn't had the vaccine yet uh but they just had COVID 19 uh would they would that person be safe going with a group of vaccinated people? Could there be some kind of pass for someone who may have the antibodies uh, that would work as a vaccination pass? Or is it is it much safer just for that person to get the vaccine? It's much safer for that person just to get the vaccine. They do get some immunity. They're, they're much better off than not having had an infection if they get re-exposed. But we do have some variants out there that might be able to get around natural immunity much easier than they can get around vaccine-induced immunity. We've seen that in places like South Africa. So I would say, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if you've had the infection, you're going to have some level of immunity, likely protect you from severe disease in the past, but you might be able to get reinfected probably higher than a higher, it's a much higher rate than, than a breakthrough infection if you're fully vaccinated. So you should get vaccinated when, uh, after you're not contagious post your, your initial bout with COVID-19. And I think that that's, I think it's really going to hinge on vaccine-induced immunity in the short term because it's much more durable, much more predictable and reliable than, than a prior infection. But we will get. it's important also to remember that this is all going to be temporary. Once we get, I think, around that 40% threshold of the population vaccinated like we saw in Israel, I think cases are going to precipitously fall and there's going to be a lot of flexibility uh, into, the, into the public health guidance in some of the states where they've kind of been reticent to, to, uh, to remove some of those restrictions. Everyone wants to know when. Uh, you know, everyone wants to uh, kind of slap a date on that. And is it fair to say that, say, maybe a, a month from now, we'll have the opportunity for everyone who wants to get vaccinated, there's going to be a vaccine and an appointment available to you that really shortly after that, I, I mean, there, 
there's little to, uh, you know, there's no excuses, uh, so to speak, that, you know, we're getting ready to go. And if you haven't had the vaccine, at some point you have to bear that responsibility. I definitely think that's the case. I think once everybody that once a vaccine has been vaccinated, I think then then we have to move forward. Um, and and, ho- and right now, I think it's is already at that point where we're not supply constrained, that, that we're hearing about vaccine appointments going unfilled. We're hearing about states decreasing the order of vaccines they need. So we're kind of hitting a wall. So uh, hopefully we get to a point where enough people are vaccinated that our cases just precipitously fall like happened in Israel. Um, and I think that's coming imminently. Uh, every day we get closer to that as more vaccines go into people's arms. We're not having those four million dose days anymore, but uh, any amount of vaccination increase on a day to day basis is a, is a good thing. Doctor, thank you so much. I know you had a busy hour. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Dr. Amesha Dalajan with Johns Hopkins University um, with us right there. All right. So uh, we had the CDC guidance from yesterday. I don't know if it really changes anything for a lot of people in Western New York. Uh, if it does, good um, for you to kind of have uh, that feeling of freedom that you want to be able to go out there and do something. But uh, we'll see what happens in the near future. And you listen, listen to uh, Dr. Dalajan. He Seems uh, pretty optimistic that that is happening sooner rather than later. I think he should be doing more talking uh, on behalf of the CDC. Oh, you know, I was going to say instead of us. Well, <laughs> but I like I like the optimism. You know, I say the same when we have Dr. Russo on. I like the optimism about the next few months. All right. Hey, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow on BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.